with AQ and MRB. Tonight we're joined very, by a very special guest, Adam Kuban, who is coming to us from, I think, Queens, right? You're in Queens right now? That I am. Adam is a more than a pizza enthusiast. He is one of the great pizza enthusiasts, I would say, <laughs> in, in the States right now. So we're very excited to have him on. Um, he picked the song, which is... Say hello to your brand new favorite pizza. And what, what made you choose that song? A co-worker of mine introduced me to it. It's by Perry Grip. I believe he was in Nerf Herder. Is that correct? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But now he does these little jingle songs, like kind of ironic parody jingles. And this is just a song that uh, the, my co-worker introduced to me, and then I thought it was perfect for the pop-up I do, Margot's Pizza, and at the start of every morning when we start rolling out the dough for the day, we play that song and that kind of kicks off the day. So one of the Margo's pizza is one of the reasons we're uh, excited to have you on. I mean, one of the, one of the real kind of things that we're excited about is we're kind of home pizza enthusiasts and we're kind of working on writing a little book about making pizza at home, but you successfully made the transition from someone who is a pizza appreciator to a, to a pizza maker by trade. So we'd love to kind of hear the story of how that how that came about yeah well that's probably being generous right now i probably made the transition one quarter of the way there ultimately my goal is to make that transition fully uh i started as a pizza blogger a long time ago like a a lifetime ago and right now i'm doing a pop-up out of a friend's pizzeria uh the pizzeria is emily in brooklyn uh it's got some renown of its own for its pizza, its burgers, basically everything they do is gold. Uh, but I've been doing my pop-up there, Margo's Pizza, that's Margo with a T, margospizza.com. <laughs> got to get the plug in there. Uh, I do a pop-up there occasional Saturdays. Right now I'm on hiatus, but usually it's every third to every fourth Saturday. So like once a month when I'm not on hiatus. That's awesome. And you know, how did, what, what got you started in actually like making pizza and doing that? Was it just a itch you had to scratch or? Uh, well for making pizza, you know, like for all the years that I was doing writing slice, um, I started slice in 2003. It was like the world's first pizza blog. And I think at the time it was like the first niche food blog. And by that, I mean, it was like the first single subject food blog. Before that, there were no like just pizza, just burgers. That was it. Like I'd been blogging about pizza for a long time. Uh, I think in the back of my mind, even before I started blogging about pizza, I think I dreamt about opening a pizzeria. But, you know, it was like a pipe dream. It's like most people think of this stuff like, oh, it'd be nice if I did this or that. Like I was living in Astoria at the time. I, you know, I would say, you know, there's no real destination pizza up here in Astoria. I should open a destination pizza place. Da, 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 da. And, you know, I think she finally was just like, you know what, you know all these people in the pizza world from doing Slice, 
why don't you talk to one of these people and apprentice? If you don't like the pizza thing, then you have to get a new dream. But if you do like <laughs> it, then you have to like figure out and act upon this dream. So once you decided, did you have like a, had you already decided what type of pizza you would make or what your specialties would be, or did that kind of come after? It was all like just a kind of a learning process. Um, I mean, as it turned out, you know, she said, go apprentice at one of these places. You know, all these people. And I made like a quick list just in my head. I was like, Pauly G, Motorino, maybe Roberta's. Because I knew all those people from, you know, several interviews and just interacting in the pizza world. And like two weeks later, I made some comment on Slice in the comment section. And Pauly G saw it because it was a story about Pauly G's. And that guy, any story on the internet that he's mentioned in he like has google alerts for his oh, name yeah. seriously so he saw that i mentioned it and he's like like my ultimate dream was to own a pizzeria in portland oregon because i had lived there once a long time ago and paulie saw it and he's like slice well, he emailed this he's like, slice my stuff talk to me <laughs> so i emailed him yeah yeah that's that's my poly imitation. If he hears this, he's probably going to kill me. He's definitely going to hear it because we're going to put it in the show notes. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and he's going to find it. it. He'll look up and he'll see it in his <laughs> Google alerts. But yeah, Polly's like, Slice Bice to talk to me. So I emailed him and it's like, what's up? And he's like, this is this thing I'm doing in Baltimore like with this guy down there, uh, Kelly. He's like, what I'm doing with Kelly in Baltimore, I'm kind of doing with other people. Think about it if you want come back to me if that sounds like something you'd be interested in. So, you know, I thought about it, and a few months later, it's like, let's talk. I ended up apprenticing at Polly G's. The plan was, you know, like, apprentice at Polly's, see how I liked it, and then if I liked it, we talked about opening a, a Polly G's port. That, did, that didn't quite happen exactly like that, right? I worked there for about a year and a half, and, you know, I wanted to do the Polly G's Portland but I had always told myself in the back of my head, I had had this idea to do a pop-up for a few years. Can't remember when I started thinking of this, like 2010, 2000, well, about 2011. I saw a guy out in San Francisco doing a pop-up out of the back of a bar, uh, Casey's Pizza. His trajectory was like, oh, he had done like renegade street-side pizza. He, he was like this whole thing out of... <laughs> I'm sure that you guys know. That sounds very San Francisco. <laughs> it's, it was. There was like this. There was like a period in San Francisco where I think there were a lot of renegade street vendors going on. I think this was like 2008, 2009, and there's this one guy. I'm stepping it back again here. There's a guy called the Pizza Hacker who had hacked his Weber grill to do like wood-fired pizza, and he was doing street catering with this. And then this guy Casey followed suit and did something similar to his Weber grill. And then he was doing street catering of pizza. And from that, he moved on to the back of a bar in San Francisco somewhere. Uh, and then from there, like he got enough notoriety that he was doing a pizza truck. Or he eventually ended up opening a pizza truck. But I had seen Casey's trajectory. He's like, oh, that, that pop-up thing sounds really cool. I would like to do that. And I just kind of sat on it. I talked to some friends who had like a couple bar owner friends like, hey, maybe you want me to come in and do pizza? And they're like, eh, no, dude. <laughs> I, I understood. I mean, I had no plan. I had no experience. It was just kind of like a bullshit pipe dream. So, you know, it just sat on the back burner for a while. But then once I was like, I'm moving to Portland. I was like, but before I move, I want to do that pop-up thing that I thought about. 
that idea kind of brewed in my head and then this, that, and the other. It turns out I was a few months in working with Polly. I had lunch with somebody who was like, I'm thinking about doing this deep dish place. Like, I think what New York could really use is deep dish. Maybe you'd want to come on and like be the consulting chef or like head up the pizza program at this place. What do you say? I was like, eh, deep dish doesn't really call to me. It's like, I like deep dish. It's fine, but it doesn't really call to me doesn't have my heart like I don't think I'd be the right guy for you and he's like well what kind of what pizza would what pizza would do it for you and you know immediately it's like bar style I would love to do bar pizza and you know he says good luck with that you should do that yourself I'm not going to do a bar style pizza place <laughs> I'm still going to do the deep dish have fun so it's like you know and then immediately there's kind of a moment of clarity it's like oh I do love bar style. That's what my pop-up should be. So I started working on the recipe. And, you know, like for a good year or so, I was working on the recipe for that while I was working at Pauly's. You know, with the idea that it's like, oh, I'll just do a pop-up. It'll be for, you know, the proverbial shits and giggles, as they say. <laughs> so for the benefit of our uh, listeners, describe, describe, your, describe the bar style pizza. I would like to hear how you describe it. Bar style pizza... Well, I could get into this whole back issue or backstory about like pizza styles um, and their significance, but bar style pizza, in short, is basically like ultra thin crust pizzas. They're small. You know, they originally were meant to be served in bar. Well, obviously, they were served in bars. I think mostly to give people something to eat or to soak up the booze while they're drinking. They're about the same size as like a Neapolitan pizza. You know, you could eat one yourself easily. They're really thin crust, so, you know, it would be no problem to go through one. Uh, they're really well, well, not really well done. They're, they're well done. They're well done, crisp, thin pizzas. The cheese is uh, browned. You know, like in a New York style pizza, the cheese will melt. It will stay kind of white, maybe turn a little bit brown, if that. Neapolitan pizzas, when the mozzarella melts, it's supposed to be white. You're not supposed to have any browning on it. Uh, if you see browning, I think like Neapolitan chefs especially, you'd be like, duh, defect. Uh, <laughs> same with New York style. If it gets too brown, I think they're kind of like, eh, that's, you burned it. But like, yeah. with this, I try to get some browning on the cheese. I try to keep it, you know, little brown spots here and there to give it some flavor, like a different type of flavor, some texture. Yeah, I guess long story short, it's really thin, well done, really crispy. You know, you kind of just eat it, house it yourself if you wanted to. It's mainly a New Jersey thing, right? Is that the... the that's yeah, like the... it's kind of like a New England, New Jersey thing. I think, funny thing was, I had had it for the first time really in Stamford, Connecticut at Colony Grill. But one, when I had it there, I was... I, I ate it and I was like, I know this pizza because I grew up in the Midwest. It has a lot of characteristics in common with Midwest thin crust, or if your listeners are familiar, Chicago thin crust. There's a lot of similarities. There's differences though. But when I ate it, I was like, I know where this is coming from. This is, it was instantly familiar to me, but there were some aspects of it that were new. So I was really excited about having it because I thought, you know, on the East coast, most people, most thin crust pizza is New York style. And it's thin compared to like Chicago deep dish but it's not like that cracker thin that I had grown up with in the Midwest. And you cook and you cook it in a conventional oven. Yeah, for the most part, all 
bar pie places are doing it in deck pizza oven the and the deck oven is just like if you go into a regular new york slice place i know i know you guys know this but for the benefit of the listeners whatever if you go into the new york style pizza place the kind with the doors that open like the long narrow doors that open and close they bang them shut <laughs> yeah and they're throwing slices in out it's not the wood-fired oven it's not a coal oven it's just a basic standard oven. You cook it, oh, and you cook it in a pan for most of the bake. Part of the bake, you pull it from the pan and then you finish it on the oven floor. It just crisps it up just a little bit. I think it's cool that your pop-up is like a, a style that you like uh, that's not like the typical style that like a New York place uh, would have. Like it, you could obviously try to just, I mean, so so what was the what, what was the idea behind that? Was that just like, what you enjoy eating, what you were more interested in making. Was it like because it would be different from what most other people are serving or what? It was kind of like a happy... It, it, at first, it was just because I loved eating it and I couldn't get it anywhere in New York. You know, up until then, like going back to your previous question about where where you can get it, like I'd have to go up to Stamford, Connecticut, which is like uh, like an hour, hour and a half train ride. Or I'd have to go out to New Jersey, the Orange, New Jersey, they've got Star Tavern. Ramsey, New Jersey, it's Kinchley's. And there are a few other tavern and bar-style places in Jersey. But within New York City proper, like the only place you could really get it is Lee's Tavern out on Staten Island. You know, for anybody who does not live on Staten Island, that's a bit of a trek. And then the other closest place you can get it would be uh, Eddie's in New Hyde Park and the Eddie's Truck and Eddie's Pizza Cart. There are places in New York making it, but it's not like they were accessible to me as easily. So I was like, yeah, I'll just make it myself. I love this style. And then, it, you know, it turned out nobody's really doing it. And yeah, I really enjoyed making it. Like that whole year, year and a half process of developing the recipe at home was a huge learning experience. Like, I mean, in that, at the same time, I was working at Polly G's, learning wood oven pizza and yeah, like both of those at the same time, it was like some kind of dune, like <laughs> Bene Gesserit training or something. It was like, boy, geez, <laughs> who knows? It's like getting the Bene Gesserit witches training me and then having like the Mentat training me or the Mentat or whatever. Now you're really speaking familiar. our language. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> Pizza. Now that pizza doing analogies have happened on our podcast, we can yes. officially shut it down. Yeah, now you can retire. Yeah, uh, can pretty but much, you know, we're done like... now. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam. We we had a lot more episodes. Now we just have to shut down. We would just Sorry. be really stupid. It's all right. It had to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, like, so through the slice stuff, you know, you, I, did you ever like even count how many slices you had? I mean. Where did, where did that even start? Like, if you're from the Midwest, you know, like, did the pizza thing, was the pizza thing just you got to New York and you were like, I want to eat all of this? Or was it, was it something deeper than that? <laughs> I mean, you know, like, there's a guy out there, a slice harvester, who, yeah. like, he did the Lord's work, I think. He went and ate at every slice joint in Manhattan. He was very methodical in that way. I was just kind of like, I approached it from a different angle. It was just kind of like, where's the best pizza? It was like a neophyte approach because I moved here to New York in 2000. And when I moved here, I thought like, oh, there's surely got to be like a pizza fan page. Blogs as we know them didn't exist. I mean, I guess they did in some form, but they were kind of underground. 
But it's like there's got to be like a fan page out there for New York pizza, and I couldn't really find it. So I was like, eh, somebody should do that. Eh, I don't know. In the meantime, <laughs> I just saved like all these links, and I would cut out newspaper or magazine articles. I had like a file of them until recently. I threw it away. Adam's uh-huh. making really good scissor cutting motions with his fingers, <laughs> by the way, just for the record. But yeah. This is like old school. I had an actual file that I was saving articles in. And you know what they were thought like, oh, someday I'll just like refer back to these. But then at some point I saw like in 2003, I saw blogs came, you know, like Blogger and Blogspot, whatever, uh, movable type, all the platforms that we came to know and love and hate uh, <laughs> kind of sprang up in that era and i saw like gothamist and gawker i used to read those all the time like several times a day just hitting refresh it's like i want to do a blog too I'm like what the hell could my blog be about and then at some point it's like duh pizza i'll do that pizza zine then yeah i had originally envisioned slices of pizza zine back in like 98 99 like an actual like an actual printed photocopied zine yeah, I made like a, this is as far as I got, I made a little mock-up of like what the cover would look like. I solicited some friends for pizza stories, but it never got any farther than that because I started thinking about like, whoa, what would distribution be? Like, you know, where am I? And I just like, yeah, it's not going to be worth it. Yeah, Robert uh, Robert Seitzema had a Robert Seitzema had a zine before uh, the, he wrote for newspapers and stuff too. Did you know that? Did you know oh, that? Oh, really? Yeah, it's called... Yeah, it was called Down the Hatch. And he oh, had, wow. like, there was a New York food zine before he was nice. writing for any of the newspapers and stuff. So, wow. yeah, you can find you can find them around if you look look for them because most, wow. pe- most people don't give a shit about them. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because the Slice Harvester, actually, he does a zine, too. Yeah, I have a couple, I have a couple uh, issues of it. Yeah, it's great. It's really so good. So it's kind of cool, like, you know. Zines, the blog kind of killed the zines, but I think, like, as interest in blogging dies, I think the zine is coming back again in a, I think, a limited way. Yeah. It's kind of like old school 90s nostalgia for people who may have not lived through the 90s. It's the handmade thing, too, right? You know, like, people want want something with that personal, like, pastiche, you know, Mm -hmm. touch that, like, you can't really recreate on the internet it's yeah. it's and and you know the internet's great for like huge amounts of information like now yeah if someone was moving to new york now in your shoes now like moving to new york trying to find a pizza place it would take them literally 10 seconds to find a list of like oh, the yeah. the 100 best pizza places you know in new york but um yeah it, it was a different scene back it, back it, back in those days it really was. It was like, you know, I think Chowhound had a list. And even before, well, uh, Chowhound, and then this was even before E. Gullet existed. Uh, Stephen Shaw, the late Stephen Shaw, one of the founders of E. Gullet, had a site called fat-guy.com. Right. It was <laughs> yeah. even like fatguy.com. It was fat-guy. Fat-guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he had like this really great page on there, like, the New York pizza scene and he had pretty much broken it down by chance. I think I just like downloaded it or saved it so I could print it out. And then his site went offline as he helped found E gullet. He closed down fat guy, but I had this information saved and it's one of the only printed items that I saved from that file, like the actual <laughs> physical file as like, I got to keep this. 
because I've had it now for like 15 years. So what what were uh, what which places were on that list back then? Oh uh, yeah, like back then it would have been Titanos, Patsy's in East Harlem, like all the coal oven. Yeah, all Grimaldi, the Grimaldi's grapes. under the bridge. Grimaldi's under the bridge, yeah. and you know, like there were all discussions about like. Grimaldi's in recent years has slipped. Yeah, Patsy's, <laughs> Patsy's versus Grimaldi's. Yeah, yeah. It, and the funny thing about that was, like, when I first started reading about pizza like that, I noticed the pattern. Like, depending on what food person you talk to or read on the internet, you know, Titano's had slipped in recent months, and Patsy's was on the rise, or Patsy's <laughs> had slipped and Titano's was on the rise. It was just like these really black and white pronouncements of like their relative rankings and whatnot. I'm sure that that was how they experienced it. But I found like working at Polly's, there were times when you might have a bad night. Like like at Polly's, we had quality control. If we had a bad pizza, we would get rid of it. We'd throw it in the trash or we'd send it back to the kitchen and we'd eat it. So like anything that was too burned or too pale we would eat so the customers always got good pizza but you could tell like there were days when you had a tighter dough or a looser dough i guess what i'm getting at is like at Titano's or patsy's how much of that was that Titano's actually slipped or was that that the critic just went on a bad day or even like a bad hour maybe that one pizza slipped through and they ate that and they were like this is horrible it's the worst <laughs> this is going downhill so like i started realizing it's just you have to go several times i mean but i really didn't real i really didn't learn that until i started working at Polly's, even within the course of a night like you hit a certain zone when like you're just making a perfect pizza and this is something i think even like anthony mangieri talked about how like he gets in a zone and like there's like a peak time where like the oven is just at the right temperature and his dough is at the optimum uh, fermentation. And like he makes like a beautiful, like, you know, he's like, I might make one perfect pizza, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but of course, like that's for him. And he's like a super perfectionist. So yeah, he's he's the definition of obsessed. I think if I've ever heard it. So like know. every everybody else would be like, this is a fantastic pizza. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should add the one I made at 8.07. <laughs> that, was that was perfect. 8.08 is but, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's like that kind of thing. I realized, like, you can't tell. Like, Titano's might, it just might have been a bad day. <laughs> I guess in the end. I mean, it's also just like pizza specifically. It's because you're managing this process of basically microorganisms living in a dough. And you're managing, like, this very complicated wood fire that or a coal oven or whatever like heat source that's probably not very consistent and you have to ma it's like a thing you have to manage it's just yeah. like anything could turn it into just something that could slip or whatever and when we had sarah on the show too sarah minnick she was talking yeah. about you know how she like has off nights too and it's just it's just one of those things you just have to yeah. you you eventually on on average you're pizza goes up over time is the yeah. idea but it's like it's like a thing where you just have to roll the dice sometimes and see what yeah, happens exactly i mean i've had the um, the pop-ups where we've had really bad days I and mean, we've managed to like pull it out we've never had like disaster knock on wood but um you know we've had some rough days where it's like oh 
all the dough is sticking to the oven floor. Like, what's going on? What did you do? How did you make this? It's like, well, I changed this really small thing. <laughs> it's like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I guess here I'm explaining in my head. Like, I basically, at the pop-ups, I stretch the dough, I top it, I build all the pizzas, and then Matt Highland, who's the chef at Emily, he helps out on the pop-up. He cooks them, you know, so, like, he's basically really good. Like, he can tell... You know, like, did you do something different? These pizzas are sticking differently or like they're really beautiful this time. For Margo's, we do a like, two hour lunch service. And even within that, like you'll see there's a certain period, the pizzas start coming out really good. You know, they're all, I think they're all serviceable, but like maybe an hour into it, well, the dough has warmed up just perfectly. It doesn't stick to the pans. It doesn't stick to the oven floor. So, like, we're pulling out some perfect pizzas, or close to perfect. You never reach perfection. <laughs> but... So, what's the what's the next step? You said you know you're working on uh, kind of trying to maybe transition into something a little more permanent. But is that on the horizon, or it's still yeah, just it's something... it's still on the horizon. Um, Right now, I'm still looking for funding, and most of that is just like I'm still working on the business plan, like finalizing my business plan, which I've been working on for ages. Once I get that done, I want to go out to investors with it, and then I start looking for spaces. In New, in New York or in, Port, in Portland? Is it? Okay. In New York. Yeah, I've actually been looking for spaces a little bit here and there with the idea that if I saw something that was drop dead gorgeous or that would be just perfect i could uh sign a lease on it and just put some of my own money on that lease and then <laughs> somehow <laughs> get the rest of the financing later and yada uh, yada yada you'll have yeah <laughs> yeah step three profit so what what kind of pizza will you serve when you when you oh it's the bar pizza it'll be the bar pizza yeah cool. it's yeah it's basically you know like I started doing the Margo's pop-ups and, you know, like once, like within like a couple, like by the third or fourth pop-up, I think I was just like, I have to do this. Like I, I have to do this pizza. And if I end up doing bar pizza, I figure I would do it in New York. Uh, you know, cause like up until, I can't remember when the timeline was, but like maybe June july yeah i was still like oh i'm gonna go and open the poly g's in portland after a while just seeing like all the all the articles coming out about them pop up and just seeing the people's reaction to it it's just like i have to do this this is my own vision yeah and you know like it was a really awkward conversation with Paulie just to be like, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, about Portland. It was difficult. You know, I just felt like I was maybe betraying him, but I guess I, you know, I kind of felt like I had to go and do my own vision. He was cool about it when I met with him and said, I have to do what I'm doing. I have to do the Margos thing. Like he was, I think mean, he was disappointed, but he was, he didn't kill me. He didn't strangle me. <laughs> which I was like, man, I hope he doesn't strangle me. And he didn't, which was good. I definitely respect that. I think, you know, since you tried the thing, you know, if you tried it and then it didn't work out, that would be one thing. But you tried the thing you were, you know, that you were most interested in and it worked out. So it makes perfect sense to kind of see that through. 
And New York is better than Portland anyway. Well, just like <laughs> math, mathematically, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Fact. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would still love to go to Portland, but once I figured that I was going to do the bar pie thing and open my own thing. So will it be a bar with pizza or it's a pizza it place? Would be or like a, I would say like ideally half and a half because all these legendary bar pie places that are known for these pizzas now are basically pizzerias right i mean they started as bars and they still kind of a lot of them look like dingy old man bars <laughs> and that's not a knock i love like that i love that no style. no it's a style so, yeah. Like, yeah i'm just like picturing the people because i know like the one of the big guys at colony grill like we follow each other on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And if he listens to this, like Brendan, I am not knocking Colony. <laughs> I love Colony, but it's got like that patina of age. It's right. like from a certain era, like the '60s, and you know, it's really cool looking. And you know, like at one point, you can see like it was just like probably all dudes going in there talking about sports, eventually watching sports on TV. But then eventually, I think people are like, Dad, this place is great for pizza. And, you know, like now it's like families. Yeah, Danino's yeah. on Staten Island was like that. Danino's, yeah, exactly. The first time yeah. I went in there, I was like, whoa, because it's literally like yeah. got a giant Bud Light sign and a huge mirror <laughs> behind the bar. And then you take like 10 paces and you see all this amazing pizza. Yeah, and it's for like half of its families and kids. Yeah, and stuff. it's a great plan. Pictures of it's a bar to the extent that they sell pictures of beer with the pizza, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. like if I could do that, I would be completely happy. Like, I don't want it to be a bar that turns people off and they're like, I don't drink. I don't want to go to. Yeah, I don't care what the having pizza's families like. be able to go is cool, of course. We think so because we want to be able to bring our families there. Tell us a little bit about the like uh, the makeup of the the bar pie. What's the What's the dough like? What's the process like? How do you... Uh, let's see. The dough is... Um, I mean, for pizza nerds out there, it's like 55% hydration. So on the scale of things, it's a fairly... It, it's a dry-ish. It's not as dry as like cracker crust. Like there's St. Louis style cracker crust that would be much drier. Uh, this is somewhere... It's moderately dry. So that... And what that does, you know... It, allows it to get crispy there's not as much water in the dough and what's there there's it's a fairly it's not like a super long bake time but you know it's like about 10 minute bake time so a lot of the water evaporates out of it so it does get crisp that said the dough is uh also flexible like in new york style you know like the best new york style i think is crisp but you can still fold it it's kind of a hybrid crust it's somewhere between new york style and like a chicago crackery thin crust uh, i end up i roll it out with a rolling pin and i don't really have that many secrets or like secrets i'm going to hold on to because you can see me doing this while i'm doing <laughs> the pop-ups i roll it out with a rolling pin i think at one point i said like basically everything that New York style pizza nerds or like Neapolitan pizza style nerds hold is like sacrosanct is like I'm violating all the rules. <laughs> you know, I, I'm rolling it out like, oh my God, he's pressing out the air in the dough. It's cooked in a pan. Uh, there's like a blend of cheeses that might include cheddar, which some people are like, what? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> um, oh, let's see the sauce. I, I, 
it's cooked a little bit, not too much, but mostly just um, to kind of release some of the flavors. I guess I will say it's a, it's a fairly well-herbed sauce. So, you know, like the sauce got a lot of herbs in it, you know, whereas like a Neapolitan or a New York, it would just be crushed tomatoes and some salt. That's it, yeah. Olive oil, maybe. But, you know, it's kind of like a return to old school, you know, like Italian-American, you know, 1960s Italian-American pizza. So it's got that, like, oregano-type uh, thing going on. You know, like oregano like flavor profile. I hate that term, flavor profile. <laughs> but, you know, it's like the classic 1960s, like, Chef Boyardee. We'll bleep out but flavor profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, but although if you beep out flavor profile, people might think you're saying something much worse than flavor oh, profile. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter because I said it, but then I immediately said that I can't stand saying it. So that like negates it. It's like. That's why you have to be kind meta. to Aaron because he's the editor. So he can make you say whatever he wants. Well, that sounds delicious. Uh, and if you cook it for 10 minutes, you can put some good, a goodly amount of toppings on there too. So that, Oh yeah. Yeah. The pictures look really good. Well, I got to try to be in, try to be in New York next time you actually pop, pop one up. When, when will you, what else do you have to plug? When, when else will you, when next will you be popping up your pop-up restaurant? Well, I'm on, uh, I'm on hiatus right now. Actually, like I told myself that I would not do another one until, I got the business plan into like a good shape. I am on hiatus until I get the business plan into a good state where I figure I can either have just minor edits to fix it and then go out and approach investors with it. I just can't, I, I can't do it until I get this done because I need, I, I lost out on like a really good space about a month ago because I didn't have everything in place and I don't want that to happen again. I mean, the space was incredible. And it's just like, uh, and a, a Domino's is going to take it. Oh, so, that's yeah. the ultimate, ultimate, yeah. That's yeah. fucked up, yeah. Oh, that's it's so, not cool. That's like crushing to any New Yorker. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, I guess, you know, in the big scheme of things, it wasn't meant to be, but I got to get on it. Understood. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, the only thing I have to plug is Margo'sPizza.com. That's Margo with a T. <laughs> That's Margo with a T. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on, Adam. Yeah, we really appreciate it. That me. was really fun. And yeah, we're going to definitely, we'll, we'll tell everyone when you're awesome new space which is gonna happen knock on wood <laughs> yeah um and the the new pop-up is going on and we're gonna come yeah. and eat a ton of pies with you all it's right gonna be awesome yeah sounds good sweet all right awesome. Adam, thanks a thanks lot soon. all right thanks talk to you later Yeah. Uh-huh.